Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. Good to see you this morning. I want you to get your notes and your Bibles out, please, in rapid fire succession. Notes and Bibles, get ready to jot some stuff down. I want you to open your Bibles up to the book of Romans, chapter number 12. We're going to be roaming through Romans this morning in just a little bit. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Uh, man, while you're getting that, that all set up, finding your place in the Bible. You know, I want healthy relationships, don't you? I, I do. I, I want that. Uh, in fact, I, the kind of relationships I like are, are ones where, I, where I'm challenged, where it's not just people who are just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm your friend, whatever. whatever. No, I want people to challenge me. I want to be around, uh, I, I want to be around people also that value me, uh, people that, uh, that, that really have relation, causal relationship to have purpose and there's warmth that's there. I value relationships where I can be there for someone, but I also know they're going to be there for me. Um, here's the deal, though. I will push back on relationships that are toxic, I, uh, relationships that are, like, draining. They're, they're very much one-sided because that's not even a relationship. Uh, I, I've, I've learned over time to avoid relationships where I, I'm, I'm, like, really unfairly judged or betrayed or demeaned. And, and so I, I stay away from that. And, and I'm selective with my relationships. And I challenge you to do the same. I really do. Because relationships are really important to God. We have this thing around here that we believe in. We say we are a church that's Bible-based, and I believe the Bible and everything in it. And, uh, and the Bible, though, is actually a, a, a story of relationships. It talks about how God relates to us, how we relate to God, and how we're to relate to other people in these various spheres of life. And uh, the Bible is really the best book on relationships that exists. In fact, uh, the New Testament, in the New Testament, the Christian faith is launched. And with it, Jesus talks about a new approach to relationships. He introduces this whole new approach and, and we see it really through so much of Jesus' teaching. And then as Christianity was being established, there were these people who were the, the writers of the New Testament and, and they talked about these keys to being happy and successful in your interactions with other people, how to build community, how, how to actually go about loving other people, loving fellow man. And, and so these principles that Jesus taught, the people who continue to write the scriptures, they expounded on that, and it's really a lot about relationships. Now, it's all about relationships, relationship to God, relationship of how we relate to God, God relates to us, and how we relate to other people. Um, Christianity is really, in all honesty, it's a lifestyle of simplicity. It is very much. It, it's about valuing other people deeply. It's about sharing and investing in other people while we keep our eyes on Jesus. That, that's, that's really the outworking of our faith. Um, Christianity is, it's imperfect, flawed people. Yes, you know I'm talking about you. <laughs> All of you, yeah, yeah, everyone. Because we're imperfect, flawed. You guys get that? Yeah, you got that, okay. But we're living together, we're loving one another while we serve this perfect God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yet at the same time, where there are relationships, 
um, we all miss the mark, don't we? We do. And so that's something that comes along with it. In fact, every single one of you, you guys have been burned. Um, there are people who, and, and even in, in church settings, and it kind of hurts a little bit more when it's, when it's in Christian settings, right? Is it okay to talk about that? Yeah. It is. It, it does hurt more. Um, maybe there are people who call themselves Christians, but they don't act like it at all. They're just like mean and ugly. And they, you're like, whoa, you know, maybe not just one day, but every day, you know? Uh, and sometimes what I've seen happening is there are people who call themselves Christians that actually take their cues from the world system of stepping on one another and stabbing each other in the back. And, and, and you know, that stuff hurts, doesn't it? It really, it hurts deeply. Uh, in fact, I would say the closer a relationship, the deeper it hurts. Um, for example, like with a family itself, if your spouse or parent or sister or brother or child does something intentionally to hurt you, it will always hurt much more than it would if it was just some stranger on the street, right? In fact, that's why with families, we need to have rules. We need to have boundaries. We need to have codes that, that work within our families that help families to be healthy. And some of you, you didn't have that. In fact, you, your, your home, your family, you didn't have any codes for healthy living. And, and I, you know, that's, that's something, though, that you can change. I, I was very fortunate. I did grow up in a rather healthy home. And, and I'm grateful for it. No, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for it. But it seems like healthy homes are more and more rare these days. Uh, yet the th- thing is still, a healthy home is what every single one of us needs to aim toward. Uh, it's, a, it's a family where husbands love and honor and cherish their wives. And it causes the wife to feel secure, valued, challenged, cherished. It's a home where wives honor and challenge and love their husbands, where they feel respected and appreciated and admired. A healthy home is one where parents nurture, they admonish, they create boundaries for their children so that the children feel secure and they're loved and then they're able to flourish. Yeah, Yet at the same time, there is no home that's perfect, right? Not. I mean, I'm telling you, even in the most well-adjusted, healthy family, it still houses people that are imperfect, flawed, and sometimes hurting. So we have that issue going at the same time. But you know what? One of the things we say around our house is we're not going to give up on one another. In fact, I remember the early days of training my, my boys to, you know, to become young men. And, and one of those things was like, you know, you can mess up really, really, really bad. But I want you to tell me first. I just don't want to hear it from somebody else. And, and we're going to work through it. I will always work through things with you. I'm not going to give up on you. Does that mean, great, I'm going to go do what I want? Actually, no. I can tell you now from experience. I'm, now I have experience. It's behind me, Okay for the most part. <laughs> They're all in their 20s now. It works. It does work. It works. We don't give up on each other in our family. Why? Because that is the world's system, and it's not allowed in my home, all right? Now, 
beyond the, the, the family home, there is something larger called the church. And the church is really more of an extended family. Now, some of you, uh, your families at home were, or even are, very unhealthy. And uh, therefore, church can be a place where you experience health. Uh, some of you have no family. This is your family. Still others, your, your family may be healthy or healthier, but the church family is a place where, the, where you can anchor yourself and anchor your family, which will give you purpose and establish legacy. So I'm talking about partnering today. Uh, today, my message makes title is this, write it down, it's called Smart Partnership. Title of the message today, two easy, simple words right there. Uh, and, and I want you to listen to these words that are given to us. This is some words from the scripture. I want you to listen to these words because this is, this is some New Testament principles that were established on how church people should act, how the church family should act. Uh, and, and it's very, very relevant today. I mean, this is, this is shared to some people in uh, first century Roman church in, in Rome, you know. But listen to this. It says, be good friends and love deeply. Okay, think about this. Wouldn't you want to be a part of a group that's where the rules are this? Be good friends and love each other deeply and practice playing second fiddle. No, it's not going to pop up on the screens. I want you to listen. Some of you are stressing because you don't see it on the I want you to listen. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled. Keep the flame burning. Be alert servants of the master and be cheerfully expectant. Rules of the house are don't quit when the times get tough. And you just keep praying and pray all the harder. Help the needy Christians. Be inventive with your hospitality. The rules go on. And bless your enemies. No cursing at them under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears with them when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with the nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover the beauty that's in everyone. You like these household rules? They keep going on. If you've got it in you, just get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do because God says, I'll do the judging and I'll take care of it. I mean, I'm just telling you guys, that's some good stuff. That is good stuff. I, that's what I want my church family to look like, don't you? When I was a kid growing up, I, I grew up in church and, and the primary focus of the church, as I recall, and when I reflect on my childhood and teenage years, was, was when we went to church, that was when we went to the building and, and got together with God's people, it was, there was a lot of an emphasis on things we needed to do to make God happy, uh, but also to honor him and, and we needed to, to be careful of all these things to, you know, that would send us to hell because we didn't want God to send us to hell. So <laughs> we, we wanted to have your relationship with God was actually highly experiential. And, and the truth is, I don't despise any of my childhood church upbringing. Uh, I, I appreciate all of that. Um, you know, other than the kind of recurring implied message that God is just kind of looking and peeking around the corner waiting to see if you do something wrong, he's going to smack you and send you straight to hell. I mean, that, that was about it. I, I, that, that part was wrong. But one thing that we didn't do very well in church when I was a kid 
we didn't really talk about how to have a healthy church family. Um, and as a result, I have some pain that never really came from our home, but it came from church. Because I grew up in church and I saw a lot of people mistreating each other. There was a lot of dishonor that was allowed and perpetuated. And it's like, well, we're just going to be patient with people. Let's let them act up. <laughs> I saw it with my own eyes. And it hurt me. Very little of it was ever directed at me as a kid, but I saw it around me all the time. And I just thought, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I want to be in the same group as these people. But I still love God, so I'm going to stick with this. It really it took me to this place when, as a teenager, I started to dream and imagine as, as, I, as I knew that call of God was on my life to be a pastor, you know, what a church could be like if we actually had kind of a code that bound ourselves together where we could partner with one another in close, healthy relationships and we could also partner with God in accomplishing his mission on earth. I imagined what a smart partnership would look like in the church. I tell you guys, I still crave it. I, I want it desperately. I want it here. I desire smart partnership in this church for it to grow. What is smart partnership? Let me just, just define it to you real quick. It's real simple. It's, there's just two parts to it. One, it's partnering with God for his mission on this earth. We're going to stand, lock arms with God. We're going to move forward. And the second one is partnering with certain others. Now, I put that word certain in italics because it's not italics, but just pretend like it is. That, I, that word certain is, is there for a reason because it's just not partnering with just random people out there wherever. Smart partnership is partnering with certain others. So who are the certain others? Who are they? Okay, now, is what, I want, well, now what I want to do is I want to pray for you. I want to pray that revelation comes into your heart and your mind that today you're going to make some decisions regarding what smart partnership with certain others looks like. Come on, pray, receive this prayer. Receive it right now. God, I pray for just life-altering revelation to happen over these next few minutes that will, that will take us from a position of not just being a worshiper of God and not just a lover of God, but a, a person who understands the people that they're going to go after to have a relationship with and to partner with to move their lives forward and to move your kingdom forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so what do these people look like? Well, I, I came up with four really simple aspects of them. And here they are, real simple. Partner with others who have huge faith dreams. Partner with people who have massive humility. Partner with people who are willing to run the race and partner with people who love Jesus passionately. That's what I look for. That's what I look for. When I, it's like, if I'm gonna partner with someone, I'm gonna partner with people like that. And that's what I challenge you to do as well. I want to keep linking up with more and more people like that. I, see, I, because people like that, they're gonna challenge me. They're going to strengthen me. I want that in my life, don't you? Don't you? I mean, some of you need to take these four aspects of relationship right now and you need to, to, to begin, beginning today, intentionally partner with people like that. In other words, make these people your key friends. We have a core value around here very, very central to our identity as a church, and it's the value of presence, and it really kind of encapsulates this principle. The core value is one of our four, but it says this. It says, we highly value the presence of God while striving to walk in unity and harmony harmony with one another. It's two things. See, it's God and people. You see that? I, and I'm telling you guys, I'm very, very passionate about this, and this is a cornerstone of our church. It's something that 
I will not budge on. I'm not gonna budge on it. What, what does this statement mean? As you can see, it is twofold. Partnership with God, partnership with others. It means that, it means this, is it means that first of all, we know that without God's presence in our gatherings, I mean, in our lives, we're wasting our efforts. So we as a church, we call upon the Holy Spirit to be present and active in our gathering and is in our lives. That's very important to us. We also understand something else, though, and this is, this is found all through the scriptures. God will bless certain um, atmospheres, certain settings with his glory and with his presence, with his majesty. And they're basically these types of places. It's where people make the decision to do these things, where they embrace one another. They just do. Where people celebrate diversity. If we all start looking the same and, and smiling the same and have the same hair, we are weird. Okay, don't, don't do that. I don't want to be, I don't want to do that. If we all start dressing, if you guys all start showing up next Sunday dressed like this, I will like, go, oh no, I'm going home to change. Yeah, yeah, just don't, don't. <laughs> I know some of you are going, I would never dress like that, Tim. Well, good, good for you. But we're going to do this regardless of a person's age or ethnicity or their culture or their background. We, and another thing about this is, is, is if we want God in our midst, then we need to honor each other. And we honor each other without merit. Like you don't have to prove anything to me for me to show honor to you. Boy, I'm telling you, that's a big one right there. Because the, the culture of the world says just the opposite. I'll honor you when you prove it. And then when you prove it, it's still never good enough, right? Uh, come on, that's the world system. It ain't allowed at city life. Can I hear an Amen. Yeah, what, what you do is you choose to believe the best about the other person. You're going to be slow to speak, unless you're preaching, and you're going to be quick to listen, and you're going to be eager to serve. Yes. See, the atmosphere that, God's, that God blesses is where we come together and we're united in our hearts and our spirits. And when we are united, we can become assured that there is no force in hell that can tear a unified body apart. What this means, guys, is that this church, we stand with one another through the joys and the sorrows of life. We, we, we're going to stand with you through your successes and through your failures. You see, the thing is, at City Life, we strive. We strive in certain areas. We strive to become a place where people, um, people are welcomed, where people are honored, People are united and where we actually really do lean into one another. In, in the Church I Dream statement that I, that I put out last year, I, I wrote these words, and I want you to look at these little portion of the statement. It says this, it says, the church I dream. And, and see, and please understand, it's the church that we have now, but it's the church that I want to be. I want to work harder. I want to strive harder to be this. The church I dream is one whose heart beats to create future and bring hope to those who have none. A church for those who are suffering silently, starving for significance, and malnourished in love. It's a church where people move from death to life, where powerful ministry and discipleship occurs naturally. See, and, and it's not just a church you know, that, that loves people, but it's also a church that loves God. And Because part of the, the statement of the church I dream, which is out there in a vestibule right now, says the church I dream is hungry to worship God, birthing music and creating dynamic worship atmospheres. That's why, you know, please don't come just for the preaching. You need to be here for the very beginning, for the worship all the way through. Experience this. You know, back when City Life was just a tiny little group of very, very mismatched people. And the cool thing is we're still all mismatched, so I like that. But... I, I, just, I just said from the very beginning, I'm just gonna insist that this church, that we build this church as, as a type of church that I would actually want to attend. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? Um, before City Life, 
I, I, was, I had been in a couple of other places. I'd served as, as a staff pastor for about 15 years in one location. I'd pastored another large church for about nine years. And I don't know if I would actually want to go to the churches where I served. I'm not dissing on anyone. It's not, not pushing anyone back. But I'm just saying, I want to be in, in an atmosphere where the people really do love each other. You know, that's what we're about, guys. I want, a, I want city life. I said from the beginning, I want a city life to be the kind of place where I would invite people to. And I wouldn't be embarrassed. It's like, well, what's Billy Bob going to do today? You know, what, what's Jordan going to do on the stage? He's going to do, do cartwheels? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we'll wait till next day. You just don't know. Thank you for not doing cartwheels on the stage. But don't you want to be a part of a group where you actually really do lean into one another? Where your personal success really comes about as a result of investing in other people because other people are investing in you and there's this reciprocity going on. That's the power of smart partnership. Hey guys, listen to this. Individual success in any area of life is an illusion. There is no such thing as individual success. Even when it seems like you've attained individual success, no, I'm sorry, but there's a family and there are friends and there are teachers and there are pastors and there are mentors who played a critical role and you know it. But we find all of that in the atmosphere of a healthy church. See, smart partnership leads us into more opportunity. It doesn't pull us away from opportunity because it's in community and it's in relationship and it's in partnership where we discover the needs of other people and our own needs are met and, and we begin to flourish in that atmosphere. Uh, it's, a, it's a culture where there's a lot of deep love going on and there's strong ownership where people just jumped up and said, you know what, I'm just gonna own this and I'm gonna make it mine. It's like, yeah. See, church should be a place where we all open up we don't come here and lock ourselves down. We're not going to be afraid of what someone else. We're going, to, we're going to open up. And we're also going to be generous at the same time. I mean, you want to please God? According to the New Testament that I read, you need to dive into community and into the local church. Because I really believe that when we open our hands and open our hearts and open our lives, I think that makes God smile. In fact, the truth is, as I've shared already, that's what brings the glory of God into our midst. Not just a happy song. In fact, I believe that God has already strategically placed people alongside you for the adventure ahead in your own life. And those people might be, just be right here in this room. People who have the aspects of that huge faith dream. They have massive humility. They're willing to run the race and they want to serve and they are serving Jesus passionately. Now I want you to open your Bibles and, and flip over to Romans chapter 12. And because here you're going to see Paul giving us a code of how to operate in the church. Now, the truth is, in fact, a few moments ago at the beginning of this message, I read an expanded version of that from the Message Bible. And you probably didn't even know this. This is actually the text. But I want us to look at it now together. Look at this in your Bibles. Get this down. Take pictures of this. Put this on social media. Get it in your spirit. Do whatever you can. Because this right here is how to have a healthy church family. Not just your own home family, but a healthy church family, all right? And, and it's, hey, listen guys though, what I'm about to read, it is everyone's responsibility to do this. You can't think, well, if Billy Bob would do that, I don't know why I'm picking on Billy Bob today, but you know, if, if Mabel Joe would do that, Mabel Joe, if, if, if Mabel Joe would just do that, then we'd be able to, no, why don't you worry about you? Yeah. It's about you, okay? It's about you. Here we go. Paul says this, Love one another with brotherly affection. 
outdo one another in showing honor. You want to be competitive? Some of you, you're, you're very competitive people. Here's a way to be competitive. Outdo other people by showing honor to others. <laughs> I like that. Don't be slothful in zeal. What does that mean? Not being slothful in zeal? It means don't show up and oh, do my duty, do my church stuff again. Are they singing that song again? That is so 2018. Oh man, you know, what is going on today? Oh, the lights shined in my eyes. Come on, somebody messed up on the soundboard. Oh, come on, what is, I, I just, I, don't do that. See, that's being slothful in your zeal. If you hang around this place on a Sunday morning prior to service, you find a lot of people who are energized, fired up, and having a really good stinking time because that's who we are. We're full of zeal, full of passion. So it says, be, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. That means, come on, get intense. Get intense. Let the fire burn. Come on, get intense. I want that in my church. I want, I want a church where people get intense when it comes to worshiping Jesus. Well, that's not in the Bible. I just read it in the Bible. Come on, tell me. I, I don't know. I don't know where people get this. Like, well, I just, I just like, let's go to church. Oh, God, you're special. You're good. I mean, yeah, that's all true. But you know what? Get a little bit of passion in your heart. That God just sent his son to, sin, to, to forgive your sins, to cleanse you of all unrighteousness and give you an eternity in heaven. And it says, serve the Lord. Just, just, just haul off and serve the Lord. Next slide says this. It says, rejoice in hope. Rejoice, because there's hope ahead. Be patient during your time of tribulation. These are the house rules. This is how the church operates. Be constant in prayer. Be a praying person. Be constant in prayer. And the next one says this. It says, continue, excuse me, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You think you, we could operate by principles like this? See, this, I, I want to partner with people like that because smart partnership will result in these kinds of things happening in the church where there is affection, there's honor, and there's zeal, and there's service, and there's hope, and there's patience during tribulations, and there's prayers going up where people's needs are being met, where people are hospitable. Yeah, I want to be a person like that, and I want to hang around people like that. Some of you are dreaming and you're imagining what a future for yourself might look like and, and you're, you're thinking down the road of I'm looking forward to this in my family or that in my business. I'm looking forward to, to accomplishing those, these goals. Well, I'm telling you what, the dream is a starting place. Yeah, good, please do dream. But you've got to take some action. I talked about that last week, all right? <laughs> Move on it. Stop thinking about it and start doing it. And, and, and the, the best place to start is right here, right now. Be the person you dream now. Like, you may not have arrived, but you start being it. Yeah. See, nobody wants to stumble through life chasing the wind, jumping from one cause to another, from one thing to another. I mean, come on. You don't want to find yourself way off in life going, I have no roots. I have no relationships. I did a lot of stuff, and, and my, my life is empty as a result. No, no. See, because there's this innate passion that's in our hearts to build a legacy, and you know that that's there. And there is no better time than right now to start being the type of person that's going to lean into community and smart partnership. And you can't, you can't build out there what you're currently not living. Be the person you dream 
Now, start living your legacy today. And this room should be people that you can partner with in community. Like I said earlier, who are you gonna be partnering with? Here it is. Again, people who have huge faith dreams. People who have massive humility. People who are willing to run the race. And people who love Jesus passionately. People like that are right here in this room. And you make City Life a place where it's not just a place we come to hear a sermon, but it's a group of people to interact with, to love and commit to. You know, there's, there's this thing right now where I, I've heard people saying, or they'll, they'll post something on social media, well, I went to church today by going online. Like, no, you didn't go to church anything. You listened to a sermon. Now, there's, I'm going to tell you right up front, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with listening to a sermon online or whatever, and we do it. I mean, come on, come on, I'm, I'm all for that. But to say you went to church, you didn't. You listened to a sermon. Oh, I went to worship. You didn't go to worship. You did not. Because you, it, it, there's this essential nature of being around other people. It is critical for our growth. It is. There's a little saying we say around here. It says the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. Have you heard about that before? Yeah. That's a little saying we say around here. If you're looking to build quality legacy in your life, it starts now with finding those quality relationships. And, and uh, I just want to give you some really practical things. There are, I don't know where you are on your journey with this. Some of you are far advanced. Others of you are hearing this for the first time and it's shocking you. You've never heard anything like this before in church. They, but, but here it is. Really, four simple ways to do this. One, one thing you can do today is you can just ask someone to go to lunch with you. Well, what if they say no? Then they said no. Um, go to partnership track tomorrow night. I want, you, I, want you to be, I want you to be here. I want you to find out how you can partner. Uh, mark an area on your next card where you'd like to serve. You're just interested in it. Browse, go to the app and browse through connect groups. Four simple things you can do. That's easy to do. Easy. And I love this church because one of the things around here, I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we don't have to beg people to serve. I've always been in churches in the past where where it's like, okay, a certain Sunday comes around or whatever, we're short on volunteers, and the pastor won't preach his sermon until a certain number of people stand up and say, okay, I'll volunteer for this, volunteer for that. I've I've been in many services like that before, and I'm just, that's where I'm going, thank God I didn't invite somebody to church today, all right? Uh, But we don't ever have to do that here. I mean, we, we put out challenges constantly, but you know why people serve here? People serve at this church because they want to. Not because they're being forced. People serve at this church because they know they're not going to be abused or taken advantage of. Well, you're chained to this task for the next 17,000 Sundays until you're 94. (laughs) People serve in this church because they know that when they begin to serve, you're going to get to know some other people. And you're going to get to be a part of something great. You're going to get to be a part of a move of God. In fact, around here, we recently implemented something that we call the City Life Family Code. We have that. We actually have a City Life Family Code. Now, here's the deal. You can just attend our church, and you can just say, I'm not going to do any of that. And you are always welcome here to do this. But I'll just tell you guys, you're missing out, and you're only robbing yourself of your legacy. So you, I, 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 we have this family code, because the family code, what it does is it nudges each other toward excellence so that we can begin living our legacy today, because God has great plans for your life. So let's create an atmosphere where that can flourish, and that's your local church. And I'm telling you, the City Life Code is serious business. Let's take a look at it. I want us to look at that. 
Oh my goodness, we're out of time. I'm just have to rip through this, all right? Now, you know what, we're out of time. City Life Family Code, daily seek the presence of God. I can't comment on these, but we're gonna get into it anyway. Practice the discipline, the spiritual discipline of the weekly church assembly. Here's the next one. Um, I'm s- show up and let your authentic self be seen. The next one is this, actively cover, challenge, and celebrate those in your local church. Next one is this, live to give rather than living to gain. Next one is treat every person with honor and dignity. Next, rules for the house. Come on, you guys like house rules? Okay, here they are. Like, oh, I don't like rules. No, I love these rules. This, because I, 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 can, I can hang out with people like this. Treat every person with honor and dignity. Avoid and oppose, not just avoid, but oppose all forms of negativity and gossip. I call, I'm not a gossip, I just hang around those who are. Then you're not following the code, okay? Pick up people rather than picking them apart. Be the first to spring into action on an opportunity to serve. Family code says, leave people better than you found them. Family code says, be known by what you are rather than what you are against and utilize your influence only to uphold and defend the weak. I mean, who wouldn't want to lock arms with people like that who lives by that code of smart partnership? That's where you lift people to a higher level. You lift yourself to a higher level. You're part of something greater than yourself. So here's my challenge, big challenge today, is be the person that you dream about. Be that person now. The code will help. The family will help. In fact, I want, to take, I want to take those aspects of the family code and I want to somehow put those in our new, in our new lobby when it gets up there. So we're walking in going, yeah, yes, yes, I'm into this code. I'm, I'm all into this. So what one thing are you willing to do right now to break out of where you currently are? What are you willing to do today to build relationships so that the future legacy you desire to have in your life will actually come to pass? What are you willing to do? Because God's speaking to you right now on something you need to take action on. Let God speak to you. Are you listening to God? My words don't matter right now. Lock yourself in with God. What's he saying to you? Act on what you hear. Simply take action on what you hear. Take action on what you hear. You might be here today and here's talking about Jesus and this God thing, but you know you're Life is not in right relationship with Jesus. And right now, where there's no movement, no movement in the room at all, just locking yourself in with God. You know that you're not serving Jesus. You want to make that decision to serve him. You want to be a part of the family of God. You want the promise of eternity. And today, you're you're ready to, to say no, no to the past and say yes to the future I want to pray for you. And the best way to do that is by lifting your hand at the count of three so I can see your hand. And by lifting your hand, you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus today. And the reason you're going to lift your hand is so that I can connect my faith with yours so I can know who I'm, 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 I'm having faith to pray with at this moment, all right? If that's you, you're ready to give your life to Jesus today. Would you lift your hand at the count of three? One, two, three. Lift your hand high for me. Lift your hand. Lift your hand for me. And we're going to pray together. Thank you. Let's pray right now. Pray these words with me. Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. Come on, everybody in this room. I surrender myself to you. I give up my past, and I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for partnership with you. 
for eternity. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.